Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Eleven to one on LMFM. My first guest has been part of the Irish music scene for over 30 years now, appearing in folk and traditional groups and as a solo performer across Europe and America. A natural self-taught musician, he decided to release a solo album in 2008 called The Leaves Float Down. And since then, he's gone from strength to strength as a solo performer. Although labelling himself as an Irish folk singer, he's equally at home playing English or American folk and blues songs as well, along with his own compositions, which often reflect his colourful life, dealing with love, love, loss and the strangeness of the everyday world. He's a phenomenal ballad singer and has shared the stage with artists like The Wolf Tones, Finbar Fury, Donal Looney, many, many others. This week he is taking over LMFM Facebook for Saturday sets. I'm delighted to be joined now by the brilliant Jerry Tully from Trim. How are you doing, Jerry? Good morning, Janine. How are you? How are you uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Now, I'm always extremely jealous when I hear of musicians like yourself as being self-taught, Jerry, because I had to slave away in piano lessons for years and I still can't play properly. And it was very much, you know, I was told kind of by my parents that I would be taking piano lessons. But I imagine yeah. it was different for you. What compelled you to start playing? Well, comp- exactly the reason you're, you're describing. Uh, it, was, it was never in my... Um, horizon that I would be going to lessons or I would be getting any special tuition, although I did get two lessons very early from uh, guitar player Jimmy Smith's dad, which I had to confirm with Jimmy there about a month ago. <clears throat> and it, they lasted about 20 minutes each. It was basic how to hold the guitar and stuff. And then I think uh, Jimmy's dad was ill and the guitar lesson stopped. And that was my entire lesson. So it was about 40 minutes. But I, my dad was uh, playing music in show bands and stuff like that, and there was music everywhere. So it was a natural, um, I suppose, a natural direction to go. And I wasn't in love with sport or any of those things. So it was a great way to express myself was to find music. Yeah, and and like yourself, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have been into the sport. But I remember my older brother took up guitar uh, after the piano. And like yourself, it was pretty much self-taught. But he used to drive us mad uh, playing the same songs over and over. And then he'd play along to ads on television, <laughs> things like yeah. that. Were there any songs that you wore out in your early days of playing, Jerry? Oh, there are many songs I wore out. <laughs> I'm still wearing them. <laughs> um, uh, there are loads of songs. Oh, I, I met my wife Caroline and all through music and I can remember that's 30 years ago as well and I remember going to her house and they played music they had guitars and stuff there and I remember asking for the guitar when they're watching television and I'd sit making noise my poor mother and father oh. but anyway <laughs> I sat there and I would be playing uh, Jim Crowley songs that was something I really liked um, yeah. Johnny Mitchell's music um, who else Simon Garfunkel 
one of the, uh, Chris DeBurg was quite popular I remember I didn't play a lot of his stuff but he was so popular and everybody uh, we're talking about a time as well when electronics hadn't taken over exactly it was, yeah it was acoustic you know it was pre-digital age you just you had acoustic music and that was it and that's what I followed back yeah. then you know and I listened I went listening to music if I wanted to learn the chords of a song from somebody I had to wait until a, a musician came to town and ask them if they knew it Okay. Because there was no internet, there was no yeah. anything like that. So, uh, and lessons just never crossed my mind. It was never in my school. So I just persisted, and I got some songbooks and stuff like that. And my dad pointed, my dad being a drummer, of course, pointed me as much as he could towards the guitar, and as much as he knew, and yeah. the rest just went from there. And was it always kind of something then once you had picked up the guitar and had developed this graw for, for playing, was it something that you were like, well, this is it. I'm definitely going to, you know, this is my passion. This is what I'm going to do in my life. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's, that's <laughs> I knew I went, uh, he took me, my dad took me to see uh, Christy Moore back when Spiders uh, was a nightclub in Navan. So anybody listening in will know the age of us all if we remember I, I, I have heard of this infamous spiders I've never yeah. frequented it now but I, I have yeah, definitely well, I heard did, of it <laughs> I did spiders of my club. it's not there anymore but it was a great place and it, did, it was on the circuit you see for musicians to travel touring musicians would come there and play gigs so I saw Christy Moore there and I hadn't seen or heard or seen Christy Moore until that night when my dad brought me over and said there's this guy out here go and see him so he took me over I was too young to go in he snuck me in the door love it and I knew that night, I said, if this guy can get on the stage and do this, well, that's the job for me. Wow. I just knew it. I remember it vividly. I remember it vividly, you know. And I've I've been to see Christy Moore on a number of occasions since that. I wrote a song hoping that he'd take it up and everything. And uh, I just pursued it. Yeah. In my own way, you know, after that point. And tell me about your early performances then, because, you know, you, you started out um, as part of a trio, I believe, with Jim and is it Damaris Woods? Yes, I did. I was I was playing, and that was our first venture, I suppose, um, into the bigger music circle. But prior to that, I had had years and years of playing locally, playing in pubs and playing here and there. But that would have been the first venture into, we'll say, trying to gain some national recognition. Mm. So I, we were playing together. The three of us played together, and for I think about three years, we played together. And we we went to Manchester and Luton and places like that, where Jim and Demar have come from, and we played some nice gigs there. And then I moved on to um, Derek Warfield's band had split up. Uh, the Wolf Tones had split up. Yeah. And Derek Warfield, Warfield was going, taking his own route. And I got a message on my phone once asking me to, to would I come for an, an audition? Amazing. And how does how does one respond to something? Obviously, one legs it to <laughs> said audition. But like, that's a massive deal. Well, it, it was a big deal for me because I had about a year before that I had officially gone professional. I had officially done all the legalities and told the revenue commission and everyone that I was turning professional as a musician. I'd left my job in the factory. And this was over 20 years ago. And mm. he had, um, I just got this thing, I was playing in Dublin with, <clears throat> with a guy called Mick McKenna, who has relations in Navan. And um, Mick was a superb jazz musician. Absolutely superb. And I was trailing on his coattails, but I could sing and I was singing a few ballads and Mick had come and asked me to play some gigs in Holt and that. And I was returning home one day and got this message. 
So I didn't miss a call. I went straight to my message finder. And it was Derek, anyway, and asked me what I come from audition. And I, I went. And he said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you. He said, we'll train you a little bit more into our, our yeah. set and stuff like that. Because I hadn't listened to their music. I was busy with the Joni Mitchells of the world. And I was listening to a little bit of Django Reinhardt and uh, swing jazz and a lot of traditional <laughs> Different, very different, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to just find my way. Well, this is why when you were saying you got lessons in piano, you, mm. had, you would have been given a direction. Yeah. On the the mechanics of playing music. I wasn't. I was let loose. And well, you see, yeah, from. and I can understand because you do obviously need the mechanics, but there's only so many scales you can play, Jerry. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is no, what no, I, my life was plagued with enjoy. scales. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Before you begin to enjoy. Yeah. And that's why uh, when you pick up a song as a young a young I remember years and years ago, uh, The House of Rise and Sun was very popular. Oh, my years. God, what a song. I love that song, yeah. Yeah, because it had minors and majors and mm. stuff like that. It went through a couple of good changes. It was a great song to learn with. People play that to death yeah. at parties and at get-togethers. <laughs> but you got a feeling from it, I think, Sinead. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You got some kind of satisfaction and you felt you were producing something other than a scale. Yes, yes. I mean, and the skill was, that's involved. I heard scale. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's a serious uh, skill there involved. And, you know, when you were, you were touring, as you mentioned, with Derek and the guys regularly, things going well. But then you make quite a bold, brave move, I have to say, to branch out on your own. What inspired you to do this? Was it a case yeah. of, I have this burning desire to create my own music, I have to put it out there? I really just wanted to do, I did want to put my own music out and had been for years and it's such a turnaround. We, we, we don't have enough time, I think, we, for my, to explain the, the intricate details of this. But I really wanted to do my own thing. Uh, touring was, was great fun. And we went to America and we were everywhere, in Spain and all these places. And it was really great. But there is a uh, dissatisfaction, I suppose, about if it's not your music, it's not yeah. your direction. I was really playing a role. I was filling in. I, I'm, a, I'm a decent guitarist and I can... Once I've learned the set, I can produce it time on time again. So uh, I was valuable to those people, but it was no value to me. Yes, there's only so much of that you can do, you know, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I think if you can find a mix of that in this day and age. You'd be doing well. You're doing well. but And that's partially why my songwriting disappeared off the radar for a Mm. long time, because I was busy making a living. My son was about five or six at that age, and I wanted to be at home more away from that so I did that and I had um, I had these songs that I wanted to put down I got in touch with a guy who would help me produce and he did and we, we did it it took about a year to do it and I, I went to gig in pubs and locally in clubs to keep things afloat and I did that for far too long but I did it you <laughs> did, did it keep you things going you did it and the, the debut album Leaves Float Down that you know drew comparisons to early yeah. Bob Dylan and Tom Paxton which is not to be sniffed at at all no. uh, but was there was it challenging you know you mentioned it was a year in the in the creation was it was it a tough process did you feel that little bit of pressure of you know okay this has to be pretty good if I'm after leaving a, a set up like yeah. the Wolf Tones you know yeah, absolutely I did yeah I did I, I it had to be good uh, I had Apart from what I had done, taking away the music from or taking away the touring and stuff, there was the financial aspect, which is going to colour, and I'm t- talking to your songwriters out there, your budding songwriters especially, it's going to colour your ability to produce. When you look at the the world and you see people like Bob Dylan that who've made huge amounts of money, mm. Neil Young, those kinds of people, 
I think those people are, were lucky in the times we lived in and they were special. There are reasons why they, they did that. So you must pursue your songwriting as a person. Uh, but making a living and touring and stuff like that with your own songwriting is a much different kettle of mm-hmm. fish than you might imagine, you know. And I, I learned that the hard way, you know. And it's a bit, it's a bitter sp- pill to swallow. It really is, isn't it? It's very difficult. It takes mm. a long time to get it down. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. Especially when I've left something that was some security. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in the, now, we, myself and Jim and Damaris had toured in Germany before or in the middle of Derek's tours. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And we had been having a great time. We were like having our cake and eating it. Yeah. Because we were doing what we loved. And in the tour in Germany, I was singing my own songs on stage and we played to a huge amount of people over Germany. And we were getting good exposure. So to walk away from that then, to start doing your own stuff, I think I would have done it differently. I think, Mm. um, you know what I mean? I would have kept them more in line with each other. Yeah. Yeah, but look, this it's all great in hindsight looking back. This is is why I'm telling you, for people listening in this to to actually, if you're you're a budding songwriter, uh, think before you jump. Yes. But definitely you must keep the songwriting going. It's important, it is, it's vital. And, you know, as you mentioned there, you were touring and, and obviously live gigs, everything like that has stopped. Uh, but like many other musicians and entertainers out there, you have embraced the online social media gigs. What has that been like? Yes, I did that. Um, that has been, I think that has given me a great deal of satisfaction to do that. I, I haven't played uh, online now in about two months uh, purely because, well, first of all, my internet went down. <laughs> <About two laughs> ago. It was too risky to run a gig. Yeah. But after that, then I, I took a break from it because it's lovely to, to perform a live gig on, on Facebook. And I think it's something that won't go away post-COVID, mm. if there's such a thing as post-COVID. But anyway, it won't go away. There was satisfaction because I could interact better with people. And you can interact the next day and the next day and the next yes. day. Yes. You know what I mean? With people sending nice comments or whatever they're sending, you know, criticism or whatever it is, but you do have to perform when yeah. you're performing to a camera. So it's a good way to do things, I think. And when if the audience come and listen, well and good. And the audience will come and listen, I promise you, because this Saturday, the Saturday sets have been so, so popular the last couple of weeks uh, on our Facebook page. We are so excited that you're going to be taking over LMFM's Facebook page on Saturday. What can we expect? Oh, well, you're going, you're going, I can expect that I'm going to sing... Um, some song I'll sing the songs um, Little Gadfly I hope you're going to play something now. I am going to play that yeah I have it here ready yeah. to go yeah that was, that was inspired by uh, Declan Rourke's Galileo uh, oh, very good. Little, Gal- um, Little Gadfly is Socrates a uh, classical philosopher and the song is basically about his life so if you know about his life and I'll explain a bit more on Saturday if, when I play it so I'll do that song definitely I'll probably sing the fracking song which is about uh, the dangers of of drilling up in the ground and stuff like that that has happened uh, happening all over the world yeah very p- important topic at the moment yeah and I moved my songwriting moved away from say the love stories and stuff like that but I love a good story but I'll also do In Your Eyes uh, the title track of my 2008 album mm-hmm. and I will probably do um, the song I've written for Christy Moore as well True Love I've written it with him in mind and I gave it to him and he said he might look at it in a couple of years and that was about Ah, 18 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still way, but I'm not really way. <laughs> it's yours now, Jerry. You have to take ownership of it. That's yeah, yours. So That's yours. Was, yeah, but I thought it might have suited his style. Yes. His style has changed too. You can hear the differences. It's a long time ago now. And the differences in, in even what Christie's performance are, or any songwriters. Even yeah. Ones. And that's why you must keep going 
with your songwriting. No, it's it's it, you have to, as you say, you know, or you or you lose that, you lose that magic. And it's great advice yeah. to to impart on to people who might be listening that are thinking of, of of going down this route. Jerry, it's been fabulous talking to you. I could talk to you all morning here, but I have You're to. So I, I want to play this song. So listen, thank you so much for joining me. Very much looking forward to to the performance on Saturday. Me too, Sinead, and thanks and thanks to everybody who listens in. I appreciate it very much. Thanks a million, Jerry Tully there. Now he's going to be on LMFM's Facebook this Saturday night. Saturday sets at nine PM. I'm going to take a really quick break and come back with Jerry's little gadfly after this. Eleven to one on LMFM. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.